G'day Footyology listeners, Roko here. Enjoy our podcast? Well, you can become an official Footyology podcast supporter simply by using the supporter feature through ACAST. There's no subscription or regular commitment, just the sheer satisfaction that comes with knowing you've kept the debt collectors from our door. No, just kidding. It does help though. If you want to get started, you just need to follow the support this show link in the show description. Thanks again. And now let's get on with it. G'day everyone, welcome to Footyology Final Siren after a pretty comprehensive win to Carlton over St Kilda. Uh, might have surprised a few people and in fact the final margin, 31 points, if anything flattering the Saints. Pretty disappointing effort from them but don't want to dwell on the negative. Pretty good effort by the Blues tonight. We're here to talk about the game, we're also here to talk as much as you like about uh, what is clearly one of the big football stories of the year. And that is, of course, that the Hawthorne coaching succession plan lasted about three weeks. And it blew up to smithereens today with Alistair Clarkson announcing that he will not be coaching Hawthorne next year, Sam Mitchell to take over. And the guessing game and the speculation about Alistair Clarkson's whereabouts next year and the year beyond uh, will commence a pace. So welcome to throw in anything you'd like to ask or to say about that. We'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say on it as well. During the program, as uh, I introduce my Footyology Final Sign co-host, Mark Fine, pretty dismal effort from your boys tonight. Oh, actually, given that they played at, at their... Um, sort of uh, most hated ground in the AFL, it was like... For about 70 years, St Kilda couldn't win at Victoria Park. Now they've turned their home ground into the new Victoria Park. They were so poor tonight that I need to sort of... um, I've got to temper my anger with the professional analysis of the game and praise Carlton for bouncing back after a poor performance last week. We can talk about some very good Carlton youngsters. We can talk about Sam Walsh, best on ground again. But if you want me to talk about St Kilda, I will not mince words about certain players. Well, good. Look forward to it. Uh, Just a quick observation on the Blues. So uh, when they got to 17-2 tonight, I had a little uh, memory flash. And it was, of course, ironically, your St Kilda... Uh, against Essendon in 1994, the day they kicked 18-2. So, unfortunately, as soon as I tweeted something to that effect, Harry Mackay uh, blotted the copybook and they ended up with the still pretty impressive tally of 18-4. In fact, the stats tonight, and we'll talk about this shortly, uh, gee, the, if you were just to go off the stats tonight, you would have no idea what happened because this was a lesson in forward line efficiency and the importance of kicking straight. So uh, we'll talk about that later too. But anything you want to put on the agenda, we're here at your disposal. Just jump on, uh, whether you're on Twitter or Facebook, and leave a question, and we'll get to it as soon as we can. And our viewer number's building up, so we better not waste any time. Whilst you're leaving a few more questions, let's run through the details this evening. Well, pretty uh, free-scoring game right from the outset. Eight goals in that first quarter. Uh, The Blues getting on top by just a couple of goals at quarter time, 5-1 to 3-1. 
uh, really starting to exert that dominance in uh, scoreboard terms in that second quarter with another five straight. And that lead up to 28 points at the halftime mark. Uh, could the Saints turn it around? Well, uh, it soon became pretty apparent that wasn't going to be the case because it was the Blues who kicked five of the first six goals of that third term. Quick goals straight after the break to Mackay, Dow and Honey. Pretty impressive, the son of former Olympian Gary Honey, I thought. That gave them pretty much an unassailable lead of 46 points. And it went pretty much goal for goal. After that, a few cheap ones late to the Saints, who kicked five in the last quarter after managing only seven to three-quarter time. But a very comfortable win in the end to the Blues. The final scores, 18-4-112 Carlton, defeating St Kilda 12-9-81. Let's have a look at the goal kickers and the best for the victors. Five to Mackay. Very strong up forward again and uh, putting a bit of space between he and his nearest rivals in the Coleman medal race. Three to Walsh, another terrific game from him. Two to Williamson, two to Honey, singles to Silvani. Charlie Curnow, wasn't it great to see him back? And terrific goalie kick too. Didn't do a lot else, but that was a good moment. Kennedy, Dow, Cripps and Murphy, who was the medical substitute of course, he came on for the injured De Koning. Um, and for the Saints, four to Max King, red hot early, starved of opportunity thereafter. Three to Membry, they all came late. Two to Sharman, also the medical substitute. Uh, he coming on for, I'm just, I've just had a blank. Who went off for St Kilda? Well, in the end, uh, for the, in terms of the medical sub. Yes. Um, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Singles uh, to Jones. I'll tell you in a sec. Oh, tell me now, quick. Uh, well, I'm trying to remember it. Hunter okay, Clark went. Hunt, Hunt, no, it I'll was Clark. It. it was Clark. No, Jones. no. They, he, went off, he went off later on in the game. Dougal Howard did his hamstring. That's right. It was too. Uh, Sharman to Jones, Marshall and Higgins. The best, as voted by you, Fidey. Sam Walsh, I think a pretty clear best on ground tonight. Silvani, Dow, Mackay, Cripps and Kennedy. And for the Saints, you went with Steele, King, Jones, Highmore, Marshall and Dunstan. All right, let's rip straight into it. I suspect we might get more about the Hawks situation than we do about the game. But Carlton fans, jump on. You're still a finals chance. Who would have thought? Does anyone actually want that last final spot? Doesn't appear so. All right, David Haley says, how ordinary are St Kilda? They promise the world and deliver very little. Steve Hayden says, go Blues. Uh, Tony B, we might start with this one, hoping that Teague's done enough now to get an extension. So they've won four out of six now, the Blues. Obviously really disappointing last week. But, um, you know, if you remember the chat before that North Melbourne loss, it was that he'd shored up his position is the Clarkson news today, how much of a game changer is it? Well, who knows? Right at this stage, probably Clarkson himself doesn't even know. But uh, do you think Teague deserves another year next year, Fine? I certainly think he does. If we take Clarko on his word, he's not coaching next year, which will make about six coaches in the AFL very nervous because they'll all be on sort of one year with Clarko breathing down their neck. And Teague would be one of them, but at least he gets another year to prove himself. So I think he's can lock, I think we can lock that away. 
Okay, no, it's interesting. Craig Parker says Blues playing for Clarkson tonight. Well, I beg to differ, uh, Craig. I reckon uh, if they were playing for Clarkson tonight, they would have had a shocker, wouldn't they? Because it would have made it easier to to tip out the um, the incumbent. But uh, anyway, David again, Alistair Clarkson will spend time with his family next year. Uh, Wild Panda, Clarko just won his first game as Carlton coach. 22 players on audition. Uh, Johnson Von Trapp, gee, I was hoping Carlton stuffed that lead up for a while there in the last quarter. Go Pies. Stuart Mills. Okay, I'll throw this one to you, Finding Stuart Mills says, St Kilda a good one week, then rubbish the next. Billings, Ross, Butler, Hill, Kent and Crouch. Piss off. Uh, now, what's... How many... Um, how many losses is that in a row? Isn't that four losses in a row? Three, three in a row. Okay. So this one, West Coast last week. And Port Adelaide at their horror ground, Marvel. Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't know if they're good one week and rubbish the next. They've been pretty crappy for a month. Yeah, look, here's the thing. First of all, they... Uh, shamefully weak when a team has got four or five goals ahead of them this year. That is embarrassing. I'm sorry. Look, that margin tonight of 31 points is a fallacy. It was 31 in the end, was it? Yep. That's a fallacy. That's just wrong. That game felt so much like the Essendon game, and Essendon won, what, mid-70s? Yep. It felt exactly the same, that St Kilda were expected to win before they know they're a couple of goals down and you're hoping that they can click into some sort of gear and bridge the margin, and then you're facing a five-goal deficit around, you know, in that second quarter halftime, and you think, all right, let's fight back from there, and the game is gone 15 minutes into the third quarter. That, that is embarrassing. And against, look, Carlton played Kerno tonight. Obviously, great that he got through the game, but not really ready for AFL football yet. I mean, did Dougal Howard go off with a hamstring or embarrassment? Because he obviously wanted Kerr now to kick a good goal. The only way we could construct that was the worst kick of all time to gift him a goal. Anyhow, um, so St Kilda's inability to fight has been embarrassing. But there are players out there that are poor, really poor, and have been for most of the year. And I don't count Brad Hill amongst them. You know, they some players just stupidly give him... Give, he shouldn't be running around the back of players, but he is so clearly the best kick coming out of the back line. Just have a look in the last quarter. If, if St Kilda supporters said, oh, we kicked a few goals there, it's because he was able to kick the ball 45 metres to a clear player. Compare that to the pitiful performance by Jimmy Webster tonight. Absolutely. What he did before half-time was culpable. Did you see that, Rowan? No. I think Kilda were, you know, 20... They were 22 points down or something and trying to push possibly for another goal because they'd just kicked a goal with 35 seconds to go. And he got the ball on his own on the wing, but he, he didn't look at it to pick it up. It sort of clean-bowled him. And that's the one where Zach Fisher screamed into the forward line and beautifully square centred it. Remember, he kicked the ball backwards and they kicked that goal. I think it might have been Williamson even just before half time or on the half time siren. Yeah. But 
But, you know, I mean, Webster, sloppy. I'd much prefer the ball in Bradley Hill's head. And I'll tell you about a few others tonight All as right. well. Well, we'll pace ourselves. Their copy book. Yep. We'll pace ourselves. There's yeah. one. Okay, yep. so line up the others. I've got one I want to give you a bit of a clip to, but we'll just pace ourselves on that. Yeah. So Steve Hayden says, both Carlton and St Kilda have had disappointing seasons. What do they both need to do better in 2022? Uh, okay, I'll start with Carlton and we'll do it briefly. Carlton, um, I think they need to defend better. I mean, you know, this season the stats would show very clearly they give up scores too easily. I think they've conceded 100 points plus seven or eight times this year. Um, and that's not necessarily all about their defence. I think it's as much to do with the midfield that probably doesn't work as hard defensively as it does offensively. And after the North Melbourne game, there was some particularly damning video footage to, to show that. Now, this is where I've got some sympathy for David Teague because as much as everyone talks about the importance of defence, you have to have a functioning attack. And I think one thing he has been able to do is really free up the Carlton players to be a, a more damaging offensive unit. I mean, they had got to a stage under Brendan Bolton well, they could barely score and their entire game plan seemed to consist of denying opposition the ball. So they weren't getting beaten by that much, but they could never score. They can now at least score. So have they gone too far that way? Yeah, maybe they have, but it's a fine balance. And uh, I think it's perhaps in a way easier to defend better than it is to learn how to attack more productively. So... That's one of the things I think he's got going for him. But I would say, Carlton, look, they need more midfield depth. Their midfield isn't nearly deep enough, so that's one thing. But I just think their uh, game plan or their style or their philosophy has to be probably more defensive orientated next year. All right, Finey, tell us in a nutshell what does St Kilda need to do? Look, I'll tell you, I want to talk about Carlton first. I love that you. I love your analysis. It's deep and enjoyed by intelligent football fans. I'll give you another angle. You know, Carlton would be a good team except for one thing. They have been Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk. They were had the opportunity to buy some decent cows and they bought beans. They have wasted their money on three dud recruits. I'm telling you, Zach Williams will always be a disappointment. He's not a hardy footballer. Mitch McGovern is even worse as a high-priced recruit. And Adam Saad, well, maybe he's injured, but he is a complete light of what we saw at Essendon and Gold Coast. He doesn't run with the ball anymore. He's actually a liability at the moment. They're, 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 they are their three biggest spends, two from last season and one from, what, three years ago. If they would have spent that money properly, you know, imagine if they would have picked up Lions from Gold Coast or you know, there's so many players, but they've just got the wrong players and they've invested heavily in them. If they can, you know, somehow get that right, I think they've got a lot of very good players in that team. I like Zach Fisher. Silvani's had a good season, hasn't he? And we know how good Mackay and Kurnow could be the best double act in the competition easily because Mackay's already the best forward. You know, Wietering and Jones play well down back, but they have wasted their time on dud recruits. If they get that right, they'd be a decent team. All right, so when do you want to talk about St Kilda? Now. Okay. St Kilda have got, unfortunately, three or four players in that team that play every week, considered good to very good league footballers, but they're not 
I think I think Jack Billings finally kept his paper stamped tonight. Okay, I'm going to chip in there because that's the one I was going to clip. Every time I see Jack Billings, he's missing a shot at goal at a critical moment in the game. It just doesn't take the moments, and that's about it for me. I've had enough of him. Yeah, his his stats often are better than his impact in the game. Um, you know, he knows how to round up some numbers, but maybe a couple of years ago he was potentially going to be a good player, but no, no. I, I've and I, I like to think the best of the players I support, but I. Tonight, I, he had his paper stamped. Seb Ross is a dime a dozen footballer. You'd go to the draft and just pick a kid, a midfielder with youngster and exuberance and roll the dice with that kid before Ross. You'd rather play Ryan Burns than Ross any day of the week. Don't you reckon he's just, you know, he sort of runs in treacle and he's just not, you know, he doesn't use it well enough yet. He knows how to get it. He's a... He knows where to go, but he's been around for a while. Played a lot of football without setting the world on fire, I reckon. All right, let's get on with it because we're... Well, what, what do you reckon of Ross? Not a lot. He's a Jill yeah. Best and Ferris winner, which doesn't say a lot for how they've gone for yeah, several yeah, years, right. does it? Yeah, We've got to move on here. Like, I've got... If you could look at the questions, we've, we've got about 100 banked up. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Fly. Fly All through right. them. Okay, quick answers. Um... Uh, Tony B says, I can't understand why if true, Clarko would choose Blues over the Pies. All right, we'll, we'll come to Clarko later. Harper, our mate Harper says, how are you feeling about missing one of the best Matildas games of all time? Uh, I saw the goals, Harper. I saw the uh, on Twitter, they had every goal. Pretty amazing result for those who missed it. 4-3 Australia over Great Britain and through to the semi-final after being 2-1 down. I didn't Fourth. miss a minute of it. You didn't miss a minute of it? No. I did the old two TVs tonight. Okay. All right. Uh, Mark says, have St Kilda by their poor show tonight entered the conversation for Clarkson? No. no. Uh, Hewitt says, what's going on at St Kilda? Insipid and embarrassing once again. All right. Hold off on that. Enough Saints for the moment. Um, Adrian Salerno says, should have bought this effort round one, boys. Talking about Carlton, obviously. Uh, Dan Fancher says, I kind of get the idea about Carlton playing for Clarkson, what they were auditioning for him. Uh, Robert Forbes, Jack's Bill uh, Jack Billings was picked number three. He's the new Aaron Fiora, not up to it. Um, is Ratton looking shaky? Quick answer, finding. No. Okay. That's good. Leroy Jones, Kerno playing makes Mackay even more dangerous. I agree with that. I think they, they could be a super mm. forward tandem, couldn't they? Yeah. Um, but I mean, just, not, tonight, not tonight, but in theory, brilliant. Yeah. First game for two years, you know. I don't yeah, think yeah. You, yeah. you should have been expecting much. Um, yeah, no, they've got a lot there to work with. I think the issue for them is perhaps going to be medium size and smaller forwards. I mean, Eddie... I don't know, is Eddie going to go on next year? And, and how much nah. can he contribute if he does? Nah. So he's got to be replaced. Is that man Zach Fisher or is he more a midfielder, et cetera, et cetera? I suppose Owies has been reasonably promising, I think, since he came into the team. I prefer Gibson to Owies. Gibson? Or oh, Gibbons. Gibbons, sorry, Gibbons. 
Uh, I like Owens. I reckon he's been quite good for him. Uh, Ross says that game was an indictment on both teams. Carlton for not bringing that previously and St Kilda for not showing up when finals a chance. Fair comment. They're both... Look, if you were doing a ladder of uh, most disappointing teams of 2021, these two... Actually, I wouldn't have Carlton as high on that ladder as I would St Kilda. I'd have St Kilda... Yeah, probably could win a flag. Yeah, probably close to number one, I yep. think. Yeah. Whereas the Blues, I, I didn't tip the Blues in the eight, so they're about sort of where I thought they'd be. Yeah. Um, Stuart Mills agrees with you on Billings and Ross, says they both won't be at St Kilda next year and they're playing like it. Uh, I owe one says, now I know why Mackay kicks around the corner all the time. He cannot kick a drop punt to save himself. Tony B says, Teague deserves a year with both Kurnow and Mackay playing full seasons. All right. Now, this is a good time to – we'll come back to this, but I agree with that, Tony. I, I think Teague deserves another year. You're talking about a bloke that took over mid-season 2019. So, in terms of games coached, it's now up around 47, I think, 48. So, it's just over two seasons' worth of footy. He's had a lot of injuries to deal with. He has made them a heavier scoring team. They're now up to, what, eight wins for the season. So they've gone from seven to eight. There has been some improvement there. I reckon that deserves another year. But the whole game changer will be what Clarkson does or doesn't decide to do. Now, at this point, I'm going to throw a bit of what may be a red herring, but it just makes sense to me. And I want to see what you think of it, Finey, and what our listeners our viewers, sorry, think of it as well. That is this. Carlton and Collingwood, both obviously going to be players for Clarkson. I want to throw a third one into the mix. Gold Coast. Here's why. The AFL is desperate to make Gold Coast work. If it doesn't start to show some decent returns in the next two to three years, it may never do it. The time they need to act now is now, sorry, act is now. Now, there's precedents for doing this. There are three precedents for doing this, right? Ron Barassi going up to coach Sydney in 1993. Um, Lee Matthews being sent to Brisbane uh, for the 1999 season with his wage paid by the AFL. Kevin Sheedy being appointed GWS's initial coach. What better marketing tool could Gold Coast possibly have than Alistair Clarkson as coach. Now, he wants to stay in Melbourne. His son is doing year 12 next year. I know that. But the AFL, money is no object for the AFL to make Gold Coast work because if they can pay Clarkson an absolute poultice, let's say $2 million a year, right? Let's say double what he earns now. And if they can make the right arrangements to suit his son with his year 12 education, they could, they could, you know, draw up every conceivable thing to make it as smooth as possible for him. That will still save them far more money over the long term than having Gold Coast, this continual either basket case or very mediocre, bland footy club that is going nowhere. That's no disrespect to Stuart Dew. But the non-football states don't operate the way we do. They don't look at a side winning games and go, OK, now we're going to get on board they like big names and big personalities. And it worked with the Swans under Barassi. It certainly worked for Brisbane under Matthews. 
It worked to an extent for GWS with Sheedy. I just think, and I've got, no one's told me anything. I haven't heard anything, but I would be staggered if the AFL aren't having serious discussions about throwing the absolute reserve bank to get Alistair Clarkson to Gold Coast. What do you think of that? I disagree. What, you don't think they will? I think they would, but I think they are cognizant of the fact, and I'm telling you, Clarko won't coach next year. He said it, and why would people not believe it? His son because he said last week he'd honour his contract. Yeah, That's but, why. He, but I understand that. But we're talking about family here. He mentioned family a couple of times in the press conference. His son is doing year 12. This is co- these are COVID times. Imagine getting stuck up in Sydney, and you know if he was there now coaching, he couldn't le- he couldn't come to Victoria for potentially months. I mean, I'm not talking about Sydney. I'm talking about Queensland. Oh, Queensland. Anyway, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If he they're, they're, who knows where borders will be shut and closed? Year twelve is very important. You've you've had kids go through year twelve. If he's made that commitment and pointed out that he, he intends being here and being a father for his son during year 12, well, he'll do it. And he knows that at the end of 2022, as he said in the press of the day, we will reassess in 2023, he will still have enormous cachet and be able to pull a very decent wage. Now... I know the AFL can pay any X amount of money, but so can Carlton if they need to. And they love the Messiah. So can Collingwood. GWS, not impossible as well. I mean, these are Gold Coast and GWS both need attending to. Gold Coast needs attention far more urgently than GWS. And you know the other thing, Rowan? They've played pretty good football in the last month. The players, I think, are really responding to Stuart Dew. That yeah, would no, be an yeah. unfair axing. Yeah, it would, as was the axing of Brett Ratton for Mick Malthouse at Carlton. How did that go? Really badly. But I don't think yeah. that would be the case with Stuart Dew being replaced by Alistair Clarkson. Don't know. But, I mean, Dew's, Dew's really, after a long time, he seems to have broken through, you know. I'm not saying he's, he's got them playing premiership football, they do seem to be playing for him. In that first half against Brisbane was very impressive. But, of course, the, the two or three weeks before that was excellent. Okay, so you don't think there's any way the AFL will have a sizable crack at what I'm suggesting? Not in 2022. But absolutely, if Gold Coast don't progress meaningfully, even have to make the finals next year, then they'll bring out the checkbook and send Clarko there. Sure. Yeah, well, I, I've got to say, after what's happened today, I'm not, you know, like Clarko came out last week and gave a 15-minute spiel about his family and his background, and he was in it as as in a marriage for better or for worse, and now he's turned around quick. So Yeah, I, but what do you do when the captain, Ben McAvoy, comes up to you and says, the players aren't comfortable with the arrangement? You know, he's, he, that was I think he's pretty recent. They knew that was the case before he said that last week. Did they? Yep. That's that how the whole was? story started, that the players were reportedly uncomfortable with the transition. Maybe 
it going on or the talk going on for another week sort of drove it home. My point is, and I'm not trying to um, smash Clarko here because I, I quite like Clarko, but, you know, if you're going to sort of stand on your ground and sort of make this big, you know, this is who I am sort of thing, and then you turn around and directly contradict that, I'm not going to take yeah. every, anything else you say at face value either. Oh, that's, that, I reckon that's unfair because I... I Why? would agree with you Why? because I'd agree with you if it was for money. If it was a financial thing, yes, but it, I think it has been his doors being beaten down by the players. He said he spoke to who Jager O'Meara and and uh, Mitchell. So he he went and sought, sought the counsel of the players, and you know he's I think I think he's done a very for him a hard thing to do is go back on his word, but he's done what he feels is what the players want, and he's said he's given Sam Mitchell clean air, I I think, you know, he'd be a little bit heartbroken that the players didn't all rally behind him and say, no, we'd love to have you for another year. But when he didn't hear that, I think he knew his time was up. Well, it appears like there was too much confusion about uh, the game plan in particular. I mean, maybe that's the new element which emerged this week, I, I know there was some sort of disagreement about what they should be doing in terms of list management for the rest of this season. I think, I, I must admit, I was sort of thinking of the more recent pickups of the Hawks and the ones that haven't tended to work, like Jonathan Patton, Tom Scully, you know, Chad Wingard's been a very qualified success, and that was one of the ones which irked Hawthorne people, giving up Ryan Burton. It does start to remind me a bit of Kevin Sheedy's later years at Essendon when, you know, that, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying the same sort of players, but the sort of trying to prop up things as they are rather yeah. than really having a clearly constructed plan for the future. Okay, uh, and that's, that's sort of, unfortunately, because the AFL is the only show in town when it comes to coaching and assistant coaching being a financially viable, in fact, lucrative career, for the people involved, you know, in, in, in most other sports in the world, if you're not in one league, you go to another league and you still earn enough, you know, you can, if you, if you can earn a million in, in the AFL, you can earn 900,000 or a million elsewhere. But in the AFL, it's AFL or bust. And so many coaches facing what would be their last year or last couple of years resist the rebuild and going down and try to, you know, get that team as far up the ladder. Remember Pagan at Carlton? They should never have had that year of heavy trading to recycle players just to survive and not win another wooden spoon. And coaches have done that a lot. That, that's what made Don Pike's um, departure from Adelaide so noble, I thought. Yeah, well, just on the Pagan one, they had no draft picks. They'd been stripped of draft picks. So that was one of the main reasons they traded in. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, well, I, I think Hawthorne, you know, in terms of a rebuild, it's only really been, I reckon, this year and maybe last yeah. year that they've fully embraced it. They had sort of a, a foot in either camp. You know, still made the finals 2018. So, and remember 2016, um, actually finished in the top four and went out in straight sets. So... You know, you can, I mean, Essendon did that a bit after 2001, made finals for a couple of years hence, and you sort of, you think you're a bit better than you are, and you don't see the end coming as quick as it does. 
Um, so yeah. I think maybe there's been an element of that. All right, we're going to move just, on. Just quickly, you know what I think? How I think Clarko feels on this, Rowan? Yeah. That he finally this year he he could see some real promise in the likes of Will Day, Bramble, um, Granger, Barras. They, they um, the young forward more is it? I mean, there's been a lot of promise there, and I think he would have loved another year to just weave his magic and, and really have that team not downward spiralling. I reckon he would have felt that he could have got that team, handed it over to Mitchell, you know, cresting the finals again. And that's, I think, why he wanted that extra year. All right. Uh, let's keep moving. I'll just read through a few more on Clarko. Uh, Johnson Montrap says, Clarkson will sit out footy next year. He will be Tassie's first coach. It's the perfect scenario. Um Clarko's ego is more befitting of a big Victorian club, says Tony B. Suds McDuff says the most brilliant coach of the modern era will definitely coach next year, hopefully at the Pies. Uh, Adrian says, will the media apply the blowtorch to the Saints like the Blues have copped it all year? I bet we hear Jack. That's a valid point. Yeah, we'll look, hear, th- we'll hear a few Jacks. Yeah, well, they've got a few. I think, um, <laughs> I think that sort of mini revival a few weeks back, probably delayed, uh, gave them a bit of a stay of execution. This is a thing though, Adrian, have a look at the ladder. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to look at it quickly now. So my face is going to go white. Just bear with me. Um, hang on. Uh, so St Kilda is still half a game outside the eight. I mean, no one appears to want this eighth spot and the Saints may appear dead, but officially they're not dead. So, uh, and Carlton's in the same boat. You know, how are they still a chance? But they are still a chance because no one's any good going for that eighth spot or not good enough. Rowan, Carlton applied the blowtorch to themselves. That's why they've been in the media. They're the ones who, you know, put their own mid-season... Um, review and really put themselves under the microscope. I think that's what has kept them, you know, even last week after the loss, you know, Eddie Betts went public. They've been very sort of um, scathing of themselves this year. So that that leads the media, who we know aren't brilliant at doing anything more than stating the obvious. It's like they've, they've been led to the story by Carlton themselves. Well, speaking of the media, we'll turn to that in a sec. Just quickly, Touchwood says, Clarko would be an upgrade to Simpson at West Coast. Any thoughts? Uh, I think it's a bit harsh. I think Adam Simpson's record there is pretty good. I mean, he's been there since, what, 2014. So this is season number eight. And they have only missed finals in that first year. They've played in two grand finals. Um you know, they've, their performances over each of the last two seasons were probably better than their finishing position indicated. They stuffed up a final in, in either case. Um, question marks starting to emerge about the brand of footy they play, but I think that can be altered. I, I wouldn't feel like Simo's under any particular pressure. I mean, the feeling in Perth might be different, but I wouldn't have thought so. Fine. They've got an old list. He's... He won a premiership, but he's really taken the same players to a flag and kept them going and going. Has he prepared for the future? A future without Kennedy, a future 
uh, you know, Shuey gets injured a lot. Hearn obviously is young. And then soon after them, there are others. We know they've got a lot of guys who've been there for a long, long time. Um, can he, is he, is he preparing that club to transition to life without a lot of these stars? I, don't I think they've that. had their share of younger players come into that side. They don't tend to necessarily have that much of an impact, but you've seen more of that in the last couple of years. I mean, Oscar Allen's certainly a keeper. Um, you know, Liam Duggan's been there for a while now, but he was a, a younger face introduced to that side. Don't forget, I reckon the, the loss of Willie Rioli has knocked them around more than people might have anticipated. Um, but, you know, this is a delicate balance that, list management is that if you're in the in the frame to win a flag that's where your main priority has to be it can't be you you can compete and rebuild at the same time and we've seen to an extent Geelong do it we've seen Richmond have been great I think Richmond have been great at it Rowan a lot of youngsters have come through that team and become premiership footballers uh yeah true but they would they have got the opportunities if they didn't have a plague of injuries? I mean, my, my, point, my point is basically that you can try and balance it as best you can, but ultimately, if you are close to a premiership, that has to absorb the bulk of your attention. And the fact is that West Coast has been. Don't be swayed by the ladder finishes. Remember that in 2019, they are in the top four virtually all year and lost it by virtue of blow, blowing a home game to Hawthorne. Last year, um, couldn't cope with the hub initially, then got on this huge roll, lost what was seen as virtually the unlosable elimination final at Collingwood. I mean, I, I, I would argue, I think they've got deficiencies, but I would argue they've been closer to more than one flag than some people would believe. But I'm just saying, are they susceptible to falling off the face of the earth in a couple of years because they've got so many players that probably at most have two years left in them. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're a pretty switched on sort of club. I also think that the, and I don't mean this in a critical sense, but the home state advantage is enormous for them. Um, I mean, we, you know, you talk a lot about Geelong's home ground advantage. Well, you know, I think Fremantle and West Coast um, are, are always going to win far more games than they lose at home. Yeah. Um, all right, let's keep going. Now, mention the media. Here's a good example of how polarising the football media can be. Two comments back-to-back. Johnson Van Trapp says, talking about the Clarkson stuff, um, Caro, as in Caroline Wilson, is fully vindicated. One of the best in the business. And there was a lot of that sort of talk on Twitter today. The very next post from Leroy Jones Caro was due to get one right after so many diabolical F-ups. I think that's a bit harsh, Lee, right? Look, I think, you know, I've always said this. She is a fantastic newsbreaker. Clearly her info on that story was very good. Look, one thing, and we've both been critical of her, harsh at stages, but not for this sort of stuff. She will speculate about something and miss the target. But the thing which grabbed you about this story was the amount of detail and the amount of certainty about it. This wasn't just posing a, perhaps this isn't going to go smoothly. It was, this isn't going well. Uh, Kenneth wants Clarko out. Mitchell wants to coach next year. 
And when I saw the sort of, you know, the definitive way she'd written it, I, I cannot remember a single time where she's been so definitive about something and got it wrong, to be honest. I can, actually, one. And that was that James Heard had been sacked as Essendon coach. And the, the issue with that story was when she was told that he had actually been sacked as Essendon coach, but they had a, a very quick rethink on it. So, no, look, credit to her. It was a, it was a great get. And she did cop a lot of flack, a lot of really, really sort of full-on flack that you do suspect a man may not have copped to the same level. So I'll certainly say that. What, how do you see it? Well, first of all, it's, it's one of the most football stories that she's written. This is actually nuts and bolts football rather than somebody, you know, out late one night or other football-related matters. Do you know what I mean? This is truly football. So I don't think, yeah. in fairness, I don't think she tends to write much scandal stuff. She writes a lot of political stuff. Yeah, you know, but heavily into the culture of football clubs and et cetera. Anyhow, anywho, so... It's a major story that she broke. Do you know what I honestly feel, Rowan? It fell into her lap. She, she hasn't been here for part of the season. She returns, and I believe somebody at Hawthorne who didn't want Clarko to be coach next year, and you've already named that person, simply needed to get out into the public space that the players want Mitchell to coach next year. Now, where does that person go? The chief football well, no, writer name, of the Herald Sun. Person. Well, you named him, Jeff Kennett. Yeah. Um, I'm saying this is my scenario. Completely um, thought up through my own intuition. I have no reliable facts on this. This is what I think happened. You know, you know how football clubs and people who run football clubs can make things happen. And it certainly... Um, sped up and it played a big role in Clarko moving on this year, at the end of this year, by making the player unrest public. Now, if you wanted to make it public, where could you go, Rowan? The chief football writer of the Herald Sun is facing quite serious medical issues, apparently, but certainly is not available at the moment. Uh, at the age, you're not there anymore, to be honest. Um, You've got about, well, we could have gone to the ages, Chief Football Writer. Jake Nile. Okay, that's a possibility. You can't go to Mark Stevens. He's leaving football writing. He has. Um, you can, I think Jeff, if it was Jeff, knows better than to put it in the hands of the TV, you know, the TV people in football because their ability, you know, they just fire so many shots that, you know, <laughs> people might not have dealt. If you wanted it taken seriously with real gravitas, Caroline was the person to go to. And for that, she deserves kudos because it's a career of serious reporting that people like to read and get their teeth stuck into that made her the right choice. But the other alternatives might not have been available. I speak mainly of Robbo. So good timing for Caroline and you know, a, a political play that succeeded, I think, by somebody in charge at Hawthorne. All right, well, let me ask this then, because this, when you were saying that, it occurred to me, if Jeff Kennett is seen as the architect of the succession plan, but really wanted Clarko out and Mitchell to coach next year, do you think he would be prepared to make himself look like a bit of an idiot 
to have that happen because that's how he looks. It looks like he has handled this whole thing really badly. And there are now commentators, and I saw Damien Barrett on the AFL's own website doing a video saying, Kennett must resign. And it's certainly the prevailing view among the Hawthorne fan base tonight is that Jeff Kennett should resign as president. So that I'm not, I'm not saying I think you're wrong, but I'm just saying, like, does Kennett want Clarkson out desperately enough to make himself look like a bit of an idiot? I've got my doubts because speaking about healthy egos, yeah. that man has a very healthy ego. Correct. Now, again, this is my intuition on these matters. Maybe in the political world, succession plans, and they're fraught with danger as well. We've certainly seen promises broken to potential leaders of political parties, haven't we? Um, you know, going all the way back to Bill how, Snedden. How and, how and Costello. Yeah, but even before that, you know, were promises made to Bill Snedden. Um, anyhow, they, these situations can quickly not work out the way that the architect imagined. And by the way, surely the succession plan in football is dead when you consider the best one has been Essendon's. And let me tell you, this time last year, that wasn't looking too rosy either. So that seems to be the only one that hasn't completely blown up. Well, so, wait, hang on, wait. What about the two involving Paul Roos? They were absolutely seamless. Yeah, I, I guess... Um, yeah, I guess so. I guess, but they was. were sort of put, but they would put that one in Melbourne. That was sort of put in place at the very beginning. Yeah. What um, about but, Sydney's? Wasn't. Okay, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But there what was about that, uh, Kevin Sheedy handing the but, bat to Liam? But there was Cameron. that horrible mess at Sydney with Terry Wallace, wasn't there? I mean, it worked out alright for the club, but that yeah, was but not that, a, no. But that was prior to that. That was when. Yeah, I'm saying. Had, but I'm saying. I'm just saying. I think succession plans are dead. I did. Don't you? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think it depends on the personalities involved. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I, you know what I think? What? I think going public with succession plans is dead. Why do you need to go public with it? Why can't well, it just be an internal... Yeah, I, well, I, I think Hawthorne got smoked out because of the Collingwood job becoming available and their interest in Sam Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. That. And if you remember back to the Collingwood one, which obviously infamously imploded that was because North Melbourne got into Nathan Buckley. Yeah. So going back to Hawthorne, I'll just run this scenario past you very quickly. So the succession plan makes sense to Jeff Kennett and he obviously sold it in a way to Mitchell and Clarkson as well. Very quickly, the players don't like the smell of it at all. And, you know, he's, he understands how things work, Kennett. He's a political creature. He might've got an election wrong, but he understands that a football club, players need to be kept happy. And disharmony amongst the playing group, they'll all they'll all burn. This will be, you know, this will be ancient Roman ruins. So he quickly changes his position to stand with the players and knows how to, you know, play the system to quickly make Clarko's job in 2022 untenable. Is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, um, I, I mean, it, it, it's always interests me with Jeff Kennett as Hawthorne president, forget the political affiliation, but, you know, everyone's talked about Kennett being a great president. 
can people who say that ever say why he's been a great president? I mean, he, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's, he hasn't been a strong advocate for Hawthorne's case, but that's a PR thing. You know, in, like in real practical terms, why has he been a great president? Now, I'm not saying, I'm definitely saying he hasn't been, but I'd, I'd like someone saying he's a great president to tell me why. And on the negative side of the equation, he has, over the years, caused quite a lot of grief, mainly to his senior coach. I mean, remember that time, uh, the season after they won the flag in 2008, Kennett wanted to drop Clarkson to coaching the reserves. You know, stuff like that. I mean, that, that makes it very difficult for a coach. And he's done that repeatedly to Clarkson. So, I don't I know. I think he's been a terrible president, honestly. This well, is no one the... says that, Fidey. It's the first time I've heard anyone say it. I, I, I'm shocked that he ended up president again. Hawthorne's had, to me, the best president a football club's ever had, only because I had dealings with this person. And this person stood for what makes Hawthorne great. Quietly loyal to the core. Ian Dicker. Ian Dicker. Yeah. Dicker. I said Ian Dicker. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Brilliant, not self-serving, not self-aggrandizing. Brilliant. Jeff Kennett comes in and it coincides with Clarko engineering a magnificent premiership and this club is, you know, on the way to greatness. And he sticks his bib in way that's not a job of a president to be questioning a coach after a premiership year. I just thought, oh, my goodness. You know, the man that lost the unlosable election might lose the un unlosable coach. You don't want to play with... The you don't want to muck around with this bloke. You know, the, the single thing that I can never get past with Jeff Kennett as Hawthorne president was that he publicly advocated for his club to merge. And Correct. Correct. Well, well, that's something you don't hear a lot about, probably because it was now 25 years ago. But don't forget that. I don't think many people who rise to be president of their club would be publicly advocating for their own club to merge if their level of passion and, and uh, you know, sort of uh, feel for that club was as great as you'd expect someone in that role to be. And that would always compromise my view of him. You know, in, in this week of Machiavellian moves, read the coaching, he, he has had time to loudly oppose the AFL's plan to guarantee weak clubs' financial security through this COVID crisis. It's as though he feels compelled because he was Liberal Party leader and he is seen as a champion of the right. He seems compelled to speak up against anything that is remotely, you know, egalitarian or, in his mind, socialist in the AFL, which is at odds with one other thing. The one thing that he's been magnificent throughout all of this is his positioning on mental health with Beyond Blue, etc. So here is a person who, in one hand, is compassionate and understanding, and on the other hand, you know, Wears some of the, you know, some of the the airs and graces of a Donald Trump. It's, you know, I I just don't like people who are politically they just feel utterly compelled 
to take a position, and I'm thinking of you sometimes, but at least yours is a morally decent one. Um, you know, why would he be so outspoken to deny weaker clubs guaranteed financial future? What, what's the end game there for a club that almost merged? Well, he has, he has relevance deprivation syndrome badly, which is why he's still writing a column, a weekly column in the Herald Sun uh, 22 years after he ceased being Premier. Uh, it's why he still bobs up doing regular radio spots. I mean, do you see Steve Brax doing that? You know, um, you know, it's why, for example, moving into the political sphere, Tony Abbott got deposed as PM and said, oh, no, you won't see me out there knifing. And he was doing it like literally five seconds later. Couldn't stay away from the headline grabs. Have you seen Julia Gillard doing that? No. Um, well, she worked, but she's magnificent, but she works in a different sphere. And, and I'm not a political fan necessarily of Gillard, but post her prime ministership, you know, her work for women internationally has been extraordinary. Look, I'll say, I'll say this, because we both obviously read and enormous fans of the boys club um, in that book, book yeah. in the, in that book, Behind the scenes, he he comes out very well in that book. It seems as though privately or quietly within AFL ranks, he's a very rational, decent person who fights for what is right and what is fair. But publicly, he seems compelled to continue this sort of big right-wing buffoon right down to the silly jackets he was wearing. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, I don't know. I know exactly what well, why? Why? Because in the book, he comes out quite well, doesn't he? He does. All right, we've got a lot of comments about this, so I'll zip through them, and then I'll question their comments. So let's read through them. Um, all right, uh, Hawk and Keating didn't work out as well, says Jan Wazinski. Good point. And we're talking succession plans. That was the that was the original curability agreement, wasn't it? Yep. Um, THX1138 says they've got to go public about succession plans because journalists speculate. I think that in itself isn't enough reason to. Um, someone else, I think it was Johnson Von Trapp, said the members deserve to know. Uh, oh, Johnson did say that. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough point. Um, Suds McDuff asked, for some reason, have either of you ever been to an exhibition at Silver K Gallery? Absolutely not. I would not pay to go into a store. That's just a bloke selling cells. I don't know what it is. You know, it's a, he's, he's this guy, late night ad, and he sells cartoon, you know, cells. They're, they're like um, from The Simpsons and whatever, and they have terrible resale value, by the way. But he's got a shop, and he charges people to go into the shop. Oh, hang on. Is that guy in Armadale or something? Yeah, yeah, correct. Oh, I have seen it. Yeah, okay. No, I haven't. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, Leroy Jones says, obviously, sarcastically, or I think so, the Warsfold uh, Rutten succession plan turned out pretty good, pretty well, Leroy, pretty well. Yeah. It, uh, did, it did, but it wasn't looking too smart this time last year. Yeah, I, as, which is why it didn't turn out well, because they wasted last year. Yeah, that's right. That, correct. Rutten, Rutten, Rutten could have been doing what he's doing this year in 2020. Correct. Okay, well, you can thank the CEO for that one. Yeah, I'm saying, but that's why what Clarko's done is the right thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, While Panda says, as a Carlton supporter, Parkham to Britain 
goodness me. Although Jack Elliott effed it up. Uh, well, Jack was never going to live with Wayne Britton as coach. Wasn't big enough for Big Jack. Uh, LJ Myers is hearing you guys tell from Jeff Kennett's music to my ears. Well, you're going to be hearing a bit more of it, I reckon, LJ. Not necessarily from us. Uh, THX1138, I'm getting your name right now, says Pel Chris Pelkin bought that premiership list together. Good point. Um, and again, he says, I bet Clarko was shocked that Kennett became president again. I bet he was too. It reminds me of that famous story about... Um, <laughs> sorry, that always makes me laugh. I actually had an interaction with him on Twitter tonight, Corey McKernan. Corey McKernan um, went to Carlton and at his first season there and won the, I think he won the best and fairest. Yeah, he did. And uh, they go, for people who haven't heard this, went overseas on their overseas trip and comes back and uh, sort of been out of the loop a bit. And the guy at, um, the guy at Customs goes, Oh, you'd be pretty wrapped about uh, about the news. He goes, "What news?" He said, "Yeah, Dennis Pagan's going to Carlton as coach." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why he's left. Yeah. Um, Can I ask you about sort of a, a, a football story that I don't know where we are with this? Okay, isn't Hawthorne supposed to be in Dingley? Yeah, I think um, I'm just trying to think. I think COVID sort of put a, a stop to it. Not a stop to it, but it's been sort of put on the back burner a bit. I may be wrong. Look, if any Hawthorne members are more in the loop there on that than me, uh, far away. But I, I don't think it's been abandoned, but I think it's just sort of okay. slipped down the priority list. Uh, Roy Since Kennedy arrived at the club. Um, yeah, the second yeah. time, you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, Leroy says Kennedy even made Don Scott legend status difficult. Still hasn't happened. Oh, that's right. Don Scott told him where to go, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we're getting a lot of love for our analysis of Jeff Kennett. Uh, Johnson Von Trapp says Kennett profits from Pokies as a major shareholder of Amtech, poker machine maintenance company. Awful man. <laughs> uh, Johnson again says Ken Hinkley will be the next Geelong coach Scott in strife if the Cats fail this year uh -uh. I, beg to, I beg to differ on this one Johnson um, I, in fact I wrote a piece <laughs> I wrote a piece during the week got an interesting reaction it was bordering on outrage from people my, the, my theme was that you know if you're a football romantic your sympathies this year will be with probably either the Western Bulldogs or Melbourne if you're a lover of persistence being rewarded and sustained consistency being rewarded, you'd be barracking for Geelong because there has never been a side this consistently good for this long without winning a premiership. We're now talking about a 10-year period. And Chris Scott's winning percentage as a coach is 72%. It's so much higher than the next highest coach on the list. And you're talking about a bloke who's now coached for... Uh, well, this is season number 10, isn't it? So, or 11. Yeah, 11 to 11. It's 11 seasons. How many games would that be? Actually, Damien, can you look up Chris Scott's games and percentage? I'm pretty sure it's about... 247. 70. Oh, there you go. And um, I'm guessing. I'm, that's a complete guess. Oh, okay. Well, you said it with authority. So yeah, why not? It. Yeah, well... Clarko said with authority he was staying at Hawthorne. 
Actually, a bit a few less. I'll go two forty one because last year was abbreviated. Um, yeah, I, they're not getting rid of Scott. They, they haven't become a. They're a great club. Oh, that article you wrote that you know if you're if you're a fan of consistency and oh, you reward, read it. Yeah, where do you, you know what? Pun? Did Why? you read it on Footyology or on ESPN? I follow you on ESPN. I, I get news feeds with you that come up in it for some reason. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, go on. I put your name in once and I'm dogged by them. Um, no, I love them. Um, as a postscript to that, for every Australian who rejoiced in the... I know it's just my, my battery, I'll attend to that. Everybody who rejoiced in Jessica Fox winning that gold medal, that is very similar to Geelong, isn't it? Ten years, you know, right up at the top, but no gold medal is not dissimilar to the last decade for Geelong. So if you love Jessica Fox as a story, then you'd love Geelong winning, wouldn't you? I, I Look, Jane, yeah, yeah. And Johnson, just uh, Andrew, <laughs> just to be totally serious about it, I mean, be a pretty brave club which ditched a coach after two, say, you know, they get to a grand final and lose again, two grand final losses. You've been there at least. Oh, Rowan, um, rebuilds, rejigs. It's a magnificent club, beautifully led by that man. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I think this is their time. And I think their experience is going to be particularly um, particularly important this year. And having said that, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to say, I, I'd be really, as a neutral observer, I'd be absolutely delighted for either any of the Bulldogs, Melbourne or Geelong to win it. Yeah. Really yeah. happy with that. Yeah. 72.41% winning percentage. What's the next highest winning percentage? Over how many games? Oh, yeah, how many games, Damon? Damon, a Carlton supporter's just checking. Up yours, Damon. 232 games. And next highest winning percentage of a coach over 200 games. All right, now we'll come back to that. Okay, John Russell says, boys club, gold. Kennett, we all remember the shredders going flat out at Premier and Cabinet, Premier Department and Cabinet after the 99 loss. THX1138 says, if you love attractive football, you're on the swans. I'd be wrapped for them to win it too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think they're the, they'd be such an exciting ride in the finals, wouldn't they? In fact, can I just say, this is a neutral footy fan's fantasy final series looming, isn't it? Because there's the four teams we just mentioned. Port Adelaide, I... I don't think anyone have a major issue with them when you were they in Brisbane, you know, like a non Brisbane would be great. State. Fagan, oh, yeah, brilliant. So uh, we're we're all going to be winners of sorts. Okay, can I give uh, you a couple more Saints in the gun? Well, yes, and I'm going to throw this to you. So answer this. Um, LJ Meyer asks, here are the players I feel have no future at St Kilda: Billings, Kent, Dunstan, Webster, Ross, Loney, Hunter. Retirees, Carlisle, Hannabury, Geary. And McKernan. And and Frawley. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll have to sort sort of through those, but nothing there gla is glaringly wrong. Bit tough on Dunstan. He's right, well, reborn. Well, sell, sell, sell. First of all, Luke Dunstan, in this great period of form, has just there's an undercurrent of him being shitty with the club. 
and with his management, you know, open to offers and, you know, he certainly was told at the start of the year he was not likely to play senior football or at the end of last year and should explore trade possibilities. But, of course, injuries opened the door for him. Um, look, he's a ball slaughterer. He's better off handballing. He's been really good getting the ball, and that's fantastic. But those players, in the end, they frustrate you. Did you see some of his kicking tonight? Seriously. As for Kent, yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, if he was a clue on um, on Wheel of Fortune, I wouldn't be choosing the letter E. I'd pick another vowel. I mean, fair income. How stupid a footballer are you just to run through a 50 metre? You know, it was like, I'm an idiot. And then you know what was most idiotic about it? It was the first time I think he ran up the ground and chased his opponent all night. But he just decided to do it through, you know, right, right past the player. 50 metres goal. You know, fair dinkum, Dean. And I don't know why he's just been rushed back into the team and despite not getting the ball, stays in there. Now, Long's an interesting player. Courageous, sometimes brilliant, but he's like an ice cream on a hot day. One minute he's there and fantastic. Next minute he's disappeared. All right, can I wrap it up in a couple of cosy words? Don't be rude. Uh, no, no, I'm not. As someone who sort of doesn't, you know, watch them nearly as closely as you, I reckon they're a bit pedestrian and I think they're a bit boring. I'm effing sick of them. Yeah, well, there you go. You're right. I mean, they are. They're, except for Max King, and he's been exciting. Last week was really exciting. You're right. The, the, there's just... How, how predictable is, oh, we need to run the ball. Let's get it to Hill or Jones. I mean, every player, every club knows that. Look, Steele's fantastic. He tackles and not as aerobically brilliant as Walsh, but he does cover a lot of ground. But he tackles better than anybody in the comp. He really does. He had, he had won three holding the balls 10 minutes into that game. It's not just the number of tackles. He tackles beautifully. He can hold his head up high. Sinclair could hold his head up high this year. Yeah. You know who really disappointed me tonight? Almost yeah. my favourite player at the club, or the player I think has got the most ability. What Marshall. in the F was Marshall up to? Getting beat, He got beaten in the ruck. He didn't get beaten for hit-outs, but I'll tell you what, he took no advantage rucking against Silvani. That's what I meant no. to bring up, the stats. The hit-outs tonight was 69-12 to St Kilda. Yeah, 69. That's St Kilda won the disposal count by 45. Fair they enough. They won the inside 50 count by 7. They yep. won contested ball by 18. They won uncontested ball by 32. They took seven more marks inside 50. The only stat that Carlton won was tackles. Oh, they won another stat. The scoreboard. The scoreboard. And I tell you what, I mean, we get so used to champion data stats I've got other stats that are more important. Honestly, fumble. How many times did St Kilda mishandle the ball when it was coming to them? So they still got the possession, but instead of getting clean possession, they were under huge pressure. How many times tonight? I mean, the kicking was atrocious. Atrocious, honestly. Except for a couple of good kicks into the forward line to King early. The rest of them were just... And Luke Dunstan... It, in the no. first quarter. Do this tomorrow, 40. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I've already, I'm just, I'm just I've saying, already forgotten the game. Don't mean anything. 
No, let's let's condemn this game to the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Can, and but well done, Carlton. Well done, Stocker, who I didn't rate. Well done, Williamson. Well done, Josh Honey. These are not highly credentialed players, but they all. Newman was good. You know, they all really did their jobs tonight. Well done. Okay. Digby Norton says, not sure if it's been mentioned, but was just wondering what your views are on crowds at footy in Victoria. Uh, I'm not quite sure what you mean there, Digby. Do we think there'll be a full crowd at grand final? Who knows? I mean, I do know this. If we do end up with 100,000 at the MCG, Eddie Maguire will build a monument to himself outside the ground. I was just thinking, what a pity that his previous idea for the MCG hadn't been employed. It would have been perfect. I'm starting to feel sorry for it. Like, it's just... You know, his previous MCG idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was a... a, To build a a replica of the MCG, next to the MCG, but with a 50,000 capacity. And you know what we would do next? A replica of the replica with a 25,000 capacity. And the 12,500 one, and to save space, they would be stored like babushka dolls. Now, Ed's threatening to become a cartoon character. He really is. All right, I'm going to zip through a few more here. Uh, Johnson Von Trapp wants to tell us the Ball Slaughterers would be a great name for a band. I agree. And on a similar theme, he wants to remind us again that Fred Villiers was a big Black Sabbath fan. Uh, your weekly reminder. Now, that winning next best winning percentage after Chris Scott for a coach over 200 games, Frankie Diggs tells us Jock McHale, 67.79%. Um, and our man Damon has weighed in to tell us after him on the list, Dick Reynolds, 67.72%. So he's in rarefied territory, Chris Scott, yeah, as a coach. You bet. You bet. Um, uh, people liked your St Kilda rant. Um, yep, people happy with that. Digby, again, I've heard backlash from the cultural arts saying it's unfair that small theatres are closed and the footy can go ahead, causing spreading of the virus the last two times. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. In Melbourne, though? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, sorry. The Carlton Geelong game, yep, and the rugby. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. The arts community's been hit particularly hard, hasn't it? I know the live venue thing. And I guess one thing that was sort of the Delta strain sort of disproved was that it was necessarily harder to catch it in an outdoor setting than an indoor setting. So, um, all right, I reckon... Can I just ask you, Rowan, have you watched the Olympics? Hardly any. Oh, wow. Really? Well, yeah. I've had work to do. I'm completely immersed in it. I love it. I bet you are. Do you want to see how much work I get through in a day and then you can take some on board? Look at you, you whiny bastard. It's the Olympics. It's once every four or five years. I'm running a website for you. Oh, um, okay. There's a All bit right. of work involved. Anyway, look, let's uh, time to tip, I reckon. So wild and wacky tip time. Um, what have you got for us this week, Fawny? So just you haven't watched the Olympics. So if I said to you, Titmus has been great, you'd say, what, three. the guy with three toes on one foot? No, I, I know who she is, but no, I'm, if you if it's Olympic themed, I'm stuffed. Sorry. Okay, fair enough. You got another one? No, it's not Olympic themed. So oh, tonight's cool. theme is the team you tip. You have to have a player who played for the team you tipped and for Richmond 
and you'll you'll announce that player by giving his initials and the other person has to guess it. Now, if you tip Richmond in their game, you have to pick a player that played for Richmond, went to another club and then came back to Richmond. Do you want Damon to explain that in a tweet? Okay, I've, just let me make sure I've got it. So the team you're tipping has to have played, uh, has to a be a player. player that played for that team and Richmond. And, and if it come, when it comes to the Richmond game, if you're tipping Richmond, you need to tip a player who... Played for Richmond, went to yeah. another club yeah. and then returned to Richmond. How many of them are there? Well, we'll just see. Rowan, maybe you're not tipping them. Now, let's not, let's not fire our shots too early. Okay. So, because we... Guessing each other's tips are stupid. We do them on Thursday. So the the game here is giving the initials of the player and the other person knowing who that player is. All right. Okay. Um, so we start with yes. Western Bulldogs playing Adelaide uh, in Ballarat, Mars Stadium, 12.20. These start times. I know I keep going on about it. We'll have one at about 8 a.m. soon. Um, 12.20 kickoff there. Bulldogs taking on Adelaide. Oh, uh, can I just say one thing? They can have played for Richmond before or after the club and they can have played for other teams as well. All right. Okay. Uh, DT. David Thorpe. Yes. Which means when you get the person who guesses it has to announce what the other person's yeah. tipping. So that means you're tipping the Western Bulldogs. I am. I could give a player that could be for either team, but I won't. That's SW. Could be both teams. Uh, could be um, Stuart Wigney. Yeah, but that's not that's a silly one because it could be either team. So I'm going to go for RM. Robert McGee. You're a good man. We, we, certainly, we certainly are anoraks, aren't we? <laughs> okay. That's quite sad, really. Uh, some other suggestions. Wild Panda says Terry Wallace. Like it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Tricky. Peter Phoebe, Jordan McMahon. Good one. Good one. Yep. Uh, Leroy Jones just pointing out all the games tomorrow overlap each other. Not good. No, it's not good, Leroy, because it means I'm going to have to have my TV screen going and KO going on here. Uh, all right. Next game is... Can I just give my weekly reminder how much I hate the AFL app? Uh, <laughs> North Melbourne taking... I did it again. Like, seriously, how many, how quick, how often does it refresh? Like, I understand yeah, when there's yeah, a game yeah. on, but it's midnight. Yep. North Melbourne playing Geelong, 1.15pm at Blundstone Arena in Hobart. All right, you can tip first, Finey. Okay, I'm going to go PS. Paul Sarah. Well done. I'm going GA. Gareth Andrews. Correct. Uh, which means we are both tipping, both tipping Geelong. Geelong. And just we should mention, you know, all the be Ben Cunnington's a true champion. That was a bit of a shock, wasn't it, that news? It was, yeah. And no, our best wishes to him. Some others, I'll, I'll read out some other. Okay, I've just got to uh, do a plug in here. Is that okay, Rowan? So you need to talk while I attend to some more power. Uh, it's not great TV, but uh, okay. No, no, it's not, but. You know, that's why you need to talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Kent Kingsley, Rex Hunt. Um, 
All right. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. Yes, you can come with me. This You can actually come on a tour with me while I do this. That's unique, isn't it? That's okay. Why, why do you have to actually plug it in? Because I'm running out of power. So, how about, was it fully charged before we started? It's been a long show. It, I had like 70%. Yeah. And we should be right about now. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. We're terrific. Uh, Trevor Paul, Ben Fenton Smith suggests Trevor Paul. That's also a good one. Yes. Very it good. Is. Mark uh, Nerd. Uh, Mark Nailed, uh, yeah, he did play at Richmond. Um, there's a few more, I think. Oh, anyway, I'll keep going. Gold Coast playing Melbourne, three ten pm at uh, God, this app's a joke. Um, at Metricon Stadium. Uh, all right, I'm going. Ag, Andy Goodwin. Yeah, which means I'm You're going to Melbourne. I am. I'll go J.H. Uh, John Howard. Yeah, a player who I thought was quite interchangeable with both Andy Goodwin and Brian Winton. Do you know, I, I had to give um, evidence to the AFL investigator in 1995 after John Howard got KO'd by someone a Geelong player coming off the ground. It might have been Barnsley or someone. Why did you have to give evidence? Because you I, No, no, I was, I was doing the game and I was sitting in the press box and for whatever reason, he, he came off the interchange bench and I was watching him for some reason. So I actually saw it happen and I said it on radio the next day and then on the Monday, I get a phone call from Martin Amart, who was the AFL's investigator, saying he wanted to interview me for the <laughs> and did you tell him did you tell him that you're not a lag and you're not going to put anybody in well i'd already said it so i just repeated <laughs> it for him um yeah that was that was uh michael pickering good one uh that's from robert rice you're a lagger yeah uh leroy jones asked you funny why don't you just keep the recharge cord in for the whole show i normally i normally do but i thought 70 percent would be enough but this has been a long show uh, it hasn't. It's uh, an hour and 20 minutes, so it's actually 10 minutes shorter than usual. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, ben Holland, Scott Turner. All right, next game is Collingwood and West Coast, 4.15pm at the MCG. Okay, I'm going... We'll go. It. Well, no, I've, I'm just... I, I think he played it for him. Uh, have, a, have a ping. Uh, J.A. John Anir. Yeah. He played for, he played for West Coast too, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. All right, so I'm going for West Coast. You're... I'm going S.J. You've got to pronounce uh, it correctly. <clears throat> Stephen Jurica. No, that's not who I'm going for. Stephen Jackson. Pronounce it correctly. Well, it was S-T-E-V-A-N, Jackson. Yes, Stevan, Jackson. We always used to have you. Hi, Stevan. <laughs> Who puts an A in Stephen? Does Stephen Jerica play for West Coast and Richmond? He did, didn't he? Nah, he played for... You know, he's a barrister. No, I didn't know that. Remarkably. I, um, I, I used to umpire the barrister solicitor's game. Three years in a row, he kicked like two or three goals in the first quarter and did his hamstring. Three years in a row he did it. And was he sentenced to four weeks on the sidelines? 
He's a, he's a very high-powered legal person. All right, uh, 7.40 p.m. tomorrow night at the Gabba. Essendon taking on... Oh, I'm going to fair dinkum. Uh, we could Essendon, have also had MM for that game. MM? Yeah. Oh, Mick Malthouse. No. He coached him. No. Uh, oh, I don't know. Mark Miranda? Oh, yeah. What about uh, TB? Well, you should get a shot for that. That's very dangerous. Um, TB, uh, um, uh, Stephen Jarekos, Richmond Hawthorne, says Wild Panda. TB, T- Tim, no, was a forward. Played for Subiaco. I don't know why I remember that, but he did. Good Kramer, too, Tom- I think. No, Todd Bremen. Oh, Todd Bremen. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Uh, okay. Or where are we? Essendon, Sydney, seven forty PM. The Gabba. All right. Uh, okay, I'm going JP. Okay. Um, John Petura. Correct. Which so means you're going, I'm going for South for Melbourne. Yes, yeah. I'm going for South Melbourne. Oh well, there was that whole. You could do the whole. Everybody involved in that atrocious trade, but I won't because they're too famous, and they were. Francis Jackson, yeah. Brian the Whale Roberts, and um, uh, don't tell me Steve Torbett. No. No. Um, the other um, one, what a brown one, mate. Oh, yeah, Graham Teastar, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, that can happen. Okay, I'm going for JH. Uh, Sydney and Richmond. Um, JH. I don't know why I'm thinking John Hummel. You're a bastard. You get oh, really. Yeah. <laughs> also, I played for Collingwood, I think. I don't, yeah, I don't even know where that came from. But <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Dead said I would not have heard or thought of John Hummel yeah, since John he... Hummel. You know, a little sneaky. Isn't the, mind, isn't the mind a weird thing? Um, it certainly is. All right. Next. <laughs> That's good. You did well, then. That, That's a good effort. 210 p.m. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased myself. 2.10 p.m. Sunday at... Um... The app? Oh, it's just like you cannot read anything on it before the screen disappears again. That's why we lose listeners at the end of the show. It's not this segment's fault. No, we're actually comparatively doing well. Brilliant. The Olympics coverage is finished. Um, 2.10 p.m. in Launceston, Hawthorne taking on Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one's a bit harder. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, CL. Craig Lambert. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for TK. Well, this could be your John Hummel. Mm. This was supposed to happen with John Hummel, but maybe Isn't not. that obscure? Um, yeah, it's, a tr- it's tough. It is tough. But a man of your genius. Okay, sure. I could have given you AR, but that would have been too easy. Andrew Raines. Yeah. Who did Andrew Raines finish his league career with? That's a good trivia question. Gold Coast? Correct. So back in the good books, that's for sure. Um, TK. Okay. Uh, can you give me a hint? Yes. He played for another club in between. My club. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Was that a burp? Brisbane, St Kilda, Richmond. 
What was the order? Because you just got it, Brisbane, St Kilda, Richmond. Oh, okay. Um, no, nah, it's not coming to me. Sorry. Ruckman. Oh, um, I've just got this blank. Um, yeah, he does that to people. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, it's not going to come. Trent Noble. Ah, uh, Noble. Yeah, right. Silent K. That's what God brought me undone. <laughs> it was full of treats, that one. Um, all right. Uh, THX 1138s is Barry Rollings. That's if you want to tip Hawthorne, obviously. Uh, a few people have got Dion Stannard and Wild Panda have both got Trent Noble. Alan uh, Martello, uh, if you want Hawthorne. Robert Rice, Rory Hilton. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Johnson Von Trapp, Ty Vickery for the Hawks. Mm. All right, let's move on. Um, yep. So we're both going for Brisbane there. Next game, this is a pretty good game, this one, or important game. G GWS taking on Port Adelaide mm -hmm. at uh, Metricon Stadium, 3.10pm mm -hmm. Sunday. Mm. Um, okay. All right, do you want to tip first? I are. Uh, it'd be very embarrassing if you didn't get this. I'll tell you that much. Oh, no, sorry. No, I've got it wrong. That's my mistake. Sorry. I was going, I thought of Andrew Rains, but he played for Gold Coast, not GWS. All right, I've got to find a, a Richmond GWS combination. Well, you've just told me your tip. Oh, well, obviously. I mean, that's not going to be difficult. Um, that's not going to, yeah, that might be difficult. Um, yeah, they got all their players from Gold Coast, of course. Um, how about, um, I don't even know his first name. Oh, God, surname T. Um, played for four <laughs> clubs. Played for your club. Um, what's his first name? A? A-T? Uh, is he still at my club? No, he's at another club now, but I just I think he's getting delisted or something. I'll come back to it. You can think about it. What premiership player. Is. He's a premiership player. At the club he's arrived at? No. Well, he's clearly not a premiership player at Essendon or GWS. No, so obviously he's a premiership player where? He's had to at play for... Oh, Richmond. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you don't know his first name. <laughs> I forgot his first name. He's a premiership player, and you don't know his first name. Okay. What, what's his? What? What? I, I keep. I've, unfortunately, I keep thinking of a recently departed TV host, and I can't get his name out of my head. But it's not. Pardon? It is AT. Oh, JT. It's JT. Sorry. Oh, Jacob Townsend. Jacob Townsend. I kept thinking of Simon Townsend. Simon Pastor. Townsend's alive and well, finally. It was Jonathan Coleman who died. They're the same, aren't they? No, they're not. <laughs> Very similar. Uh, is Simon dear. Townsend still alive? Yes. In, I, I know that because they got him to comment on the passing of Jonathan Coleman. I think even Woodrow had a comment on the passing of Jonathan Coleman. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm going with uh, BD. BD? Yep. I don't even know who you're tipping. Um, BD, played for Richmond and for this team, maybe Port. Um, 
Why don't you know who I'm tipping? You recorded a podcast with me yesterday in which we I can't, tipped. I can't. I thought we all tipped the same, but maybe not this game. Maybe this is where we differed. Um, well, if you'd called up the Footyology podcast on the website, you would have seen tips written down. Um, gee, you're a shameless self-promoter, Rob. Um, um, I'm leading by about nine now, by the way. As I said, a shameless self-promoter. <laughs> Come on, um, hurry up. Um, Brian Dennehy. No, he's a commentator. Um, Very well-known player. Um, okay, I'll give you a clue. Yeah. He, he didn't play in a premiership. He didn't. Is that sort of a pointed clue? Yeah. Um, in fact, he missed out. Uh, he just missed being in a premiership at one and missed out injured at having a chance of playing one with his other club. So it's Port Adelaide and Richmond. And... No, I said chance of. Well, maybe GWS. I mean, they played in the grand final. They did. Um, the one that everybody loves. But, you know, I mean, I can picture him. Um, I mean, he's a good bloke, but he just never was quite there. Um, don't, don't tell me. This is like my mental block. BD, D for, what's the surname? What's the initials? BD. Um, prolific ball winner. Um, <laughs> Peter Morrison says, finally needs to plug the power cord into himself. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's funny how you get mental blocks, but it is late at night. On, we're not on it's it's okay. Not, last clue. No, no, I know, I know who it is. I can picture him. He, he wore number 11, didn't he? No, um, 17. Uh, he was like a number one draft pick. He was a very early draft pick, yeah. He was supposed to be a champ. He was good, but he was very he good. Kick, he could kick a talk back in the day, too. He could kick long, but I just sort of felt he just wasn't there necessarily for the big moments. I just can't. I can't believe it. BD. Um, You'd actually be prepared to do this for about 40 minutes, wouldn't you? I know yeah, well, we're going we're to get there. Um, no, we're not, because I'm just going to... No, don't to, say it. I'm going to go to bed. So no, I'm just going to leave it on um, and go to bed. Um, well, I just His first name is not Brian or Ben um, or Bruce or Bill or Bob. They're too old. Um, it's not a, he's not a Barry. He's not a... Um, he's not Ben. Is he Ben? No. Um, he's he's not a Bryce. He's not a... His father played... Did, didn't his father play somewhere? No. No? Um, didn't play a handful of games somewhere, like a couple of games? Um, well, what's that, Dave? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Damon said it's like a Claire Boyne show. I, I, I feel a Bruce, a Brian, a, a Bob, a Benny, a... a, a Bill, uh, a Billy, a, 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 is the second initial, a second letter in the first name an A? a no. A, oh, a, sorry, a, I'm just going to go no. and get a drink. Oh, you go get a drink. I'm going to get it. Um, go on. He's not a Bert. He's too young to be a Bert. There's no names beginning with B-U. Um, you know, Buford. Buf Buford G. Dunkworth. No, it's not him. 
Yeah. No, no, no. I, I can picture him. I know. You exactly know, give him the jumper is. number. Please. No, I don't need jumper numbers. Three. I know him. I can see him. He, he was. He got injured at GWS. He never quite worked out. Um, um, okay, so his second name, his first name is is Blake. No, he's not a Blake. His surname's not, Italian sounding. Um, Italian sounding. Um, Dipier Domenico, no, yeah. it's definitely not him. Um, Delgetti. And, and his father did play one game for Carlton. Correct. I knew his father played. Like well, That's great. Let's move on. Um, no, 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 no. Um, um, Benny, Bert, surely there's no people still watching. Um, they're, they're, no, they're, unfortunately, Bob, them, there Bob, is. Um, I can't believe, all right, how many first names are there? B-A-B- uh, uh, bro, I can't ben. do any more finding. I can't. No, Bo. No, he's not a Bo. He's not a. a, a Think a of the surname Fawny. Um Italian. Um, so but it's going to end in a vowel, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so say names ending in A, E, I. Yeah. Uh, um, What's after I? O. Okay. Um, so name you see, end, name ending in an O. Okay. Um, yes, it is excruciating, Roman. Yeah, dildo. I, I don't know many words beginning with D and ending in O. Um, can you give me the second letter of his first name? Then I'll get it. R. Brian. He's not Brian. He's not Br- Brendan. Um, he's not Bruce. He's not. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Bray, Bray, Brian, no, he's not, he's not Brendan, he's not Bri, Bro, Bro, how many BRs are there? Bruce, Brendan, Bro, I can't um, remember what it was. Brett Deledio. You see, that's his name, Brett Deledio. That is his name, yeah. I finally, I finally, it finally hit me, and you know how it hit me? Yeah. Slowly, very effing slowly. Yeah. Oh, jeez, okay. it was worth it, though. Definitely worth are, it. Are you tipping GWS, me old mate? I am. Okay. We're both tipping the same side, so whatever happens, my lead oh, of nine over you and the tips will be maintained. How much are you ahead? Nine. Okay. Uh, I picked up, uh, well, I... Blew you off by another two. <laughs> to say I don't speak. want to be blown off no. by you ever, mate. No, no. All right, last, <laughs> last, last game. Yep. This could be the tricky one because if you tip <sighs> Richmond, you know what you've oh, got to do. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, okay. No, call me Finey. No. Uh, all right, Fremantle taking on Richmond. 5.10 p.m. Sunday. Optus Stadium. Yep. And, of course, if you are tipping Richmond, you have to think of a uh, player that played at Richmond, another club, and then had a second stint at Richmond. Yep. So, Finey obviously has already thought of one of these. And no, I haven't. I haven't. So I, I'm, I'm letting you go first because there's one obvious one and it's like... I've got <laughs> it. DC. And that's the obvious one, David Cloak. Yeah. I'm going TS. Uh, can you give me an era? Yeah. Um, 80s. Adored footballer at two clubs. 
TS. But particularly at Richmond. Loved. And he went back. Yep. Um, premiership player. I think. Maybe not. No, I think he's a premiership player. Definitely played the grand final. But I think a premiership player. Okay, so the 1980 premiership? I think. Either that. I'm sure he played in it. I don't know about that. Well, maybe not. Maybe 82 then. But What, played in the grand final? Definitely. Definitely played in one or two of those. Um, I've got it. I'll take, I've got yeah, it. Yeah. Terry Smith. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's a famous, you know, there's a beautiful story about Jim Jess and Terry Smith. And we'll tell it another time. But, you know, yeah. Terry passed away way too young. He did. And adored by teammates at both clubs. Just a really loved footballer. All right. Well, uh, now, I'm pretty sure. I don't reckon. I'm not sure he played in. Oh, no. Hang on. Yeah, he did play in 80. Yep. Didn't play in the 82 Grand No, played in 80. Yeah. yeah. And, and he definitely finished at Richmond, didn't he? Uh, oh, hang on. I just cleared it. Hang on a sec. I remember when he went back there, it was with the St Kilda's blessing. He didn't have a lot of football left in him, but they just, his teammates wanted him yeah, back. Yeah, one year, 1986. Yeah. And it was just sort of out of out of absolute love by his yeah. teammates, come and back he, and finish with us. And he played 100 games, exactly. Yeah. Very courageous, strong halfback flanker. All right, we're going to wrap it up there for those uh, 18 people still left. <laughs> I think we've got a few more. Uh, the other screen makes me look like Gary Newman, apparently. Yeah, and I've got to do something about the lighting. Um, anyway, I'll be if we do do this again next year, it'll be I'll be in a different backdrop because I won't be here. Uh, all right, thanks. Can't you, sir. Take, can't you take that whole backdrop with you? That would be. Unfortunately, no. It's a good back bookcase, and I can't. It's built in. Yeah, we can just photograph it and make it. Oh a yeah. How do you do that, Damon? Damon's saying we should make it a zoom background. Ah, oh, it's a green screen feature. I should do that. Well, I should do that for this. We should do that for this. Why have we been doing that for this show? Oh, Give it a better background. Yeah. Footyology. We could do the whole thing. I'll tell you what, by the time we've done about five years or 100 shows or whatever, we might have you fully charging your phone. And Yeah, correct. That's the height of professionalism. I think, I think it's the rustic nature of this, you know, in cooking, if anything's ever served to the table messily and... Oh, yeah, it's rustic, yeah. It's rustic. Yeah. And no, in cooking, um, if anything's ever served burnt, it's caramelised. Yeah. So this show's just a bit rustic and caramelised. The fine line between rustic, caramelised and just bloody sloppy and amateurish, but Correct. yeah, we might. All so, right. So, um, you know, do you know at some point in his career... Well, this is funny. At some point in his career... Yeah. Um, he's the big restaurateur from Sydney, you know, the ponytail, and he was on all the shows. That's all. Uh, he was sort of famous. Um, do you know who it is, Damon? The big entrepreneur, you know, typical Sydney. Doesn't matter. Let's just assume and we yeah, know who it is. One of his restaurants burnt down, suspiciously burnt down. Yeah. And I remember I, I talked about it when I was on radio. I said, the police investigated but decided... It was just caramelised. <laughs> Badly caramelised. 
you'd know get a good response from the SEM audience? Oh, we'd built up at night an intelligent crew. Neil Perry. Neil Perry. He Do you reckon that, yeah, no, I agree, actually, having filled in for you as host a fair bit. Um, he caramelised one of his restaurants. Did the, uh, did the highly intelligent audience hang around, do you think, after you left? Well, it's not really an evening show. Nah. You, I, I'm saying, I, I don't know. No, I'm I don't reckon I'm not going to badmouth the station. I've been listening to them. You know, they're covering the Olympics, which is good, really good. Um, and they certainly covered Clarko well today. They just, you know, there's just a few hands on the tiller and at different times, I, I don't think they care that much about, you know, but their main men are, are pretty good. Right, their main we, men are pretty good. Okay, we're going. Uh, I'm going anyway. Um, thanks for your company, everyone. The Lidio. Uh, can we put a uh, Patreon link up there, please, if you'd like yeah, And to. I bet his father's name was Wayne, by the way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was there, but I've It was, Wayne Deledio. Can Wayne I just help. do the plug for Patreon, please? You should do it. Thanks, I'm trying to. Um, if uh, you uh, haven't become a financial supporter yet of Footyology, please uh, jump on the link there, $7 Australian per month is what we ask and um, you can hopefully sort of sustain us enough so that I can get a real job and uh, not be sitting here at sort of what I am on Friday night on a Zoom week. No, just kidding. We have a lot of fun doing this. But, uh, no, look, uh, we're very appreciative of people's support. Uh, so thanks for that. Uh, we'll be back Sunday evening to review round 20. And uh, we'll do this again next Friday night. And actually, they've just released, or tonight, released the fixture for uh, round 21. And it's the Bulldogs Essendon next Friday evening. So that could be the official That's, death, be better. death knell for the Bombers' chance as well. It won't be better than the last Bulldogs Essendon game at Marvel Stadium when the Dogs kicked, I think, 21 consecutive oh, goals. I haven't asked you. Were you surprised that Hooker got omitted? Not at all. I would have yeah. dropped him you've been, you've been a couple saying weeks ago. Yeah, oh, you've been saying he's, he's on shaky ground. Oh, it's just it's going up and down the one spot. It's funny um, how great, really good footballers, when it's over, it's over. I mean, Mark Murphy, when he came on tonight, he just looked, you know, they'll give him his two more games, maybe as the medical sub, but he's he just, he's not up to it anymore. No, and he's limping over the line. Yeah, but great player, great player in his day. All right, um... Uh, Al Jade might no, we're not getting Stephen J. Peak on footyology. We're not. No, no, he's a different. He's a he's a different. He's not for a football discussion. Not this late at night. Not any time. <laughs> oh, All right, we're going. Thanks, your company. Uh, we'll see you next week.